Hello and welcome to the Becoming Podcast. I am your host, Anne Fancy, and I am so grateful you are here. The purpose of this podcast is a soulful purpose of elevating consciousness one conversation at a time. We work to look deeply at the truth within our own selves and how we're living our lives in or out of alignment with our higher self and how others have found their way to seeking this guidance, creating a life that's meaningful, contented, and what we can learn from one another in these stories. I'm so grateful you showed up today to listen, and I really appreciate you. If you would like to join our Facebook community, it's called the Becoming Community, and I'd love to have you there so we can continue these conversations beyond the podcast. As always, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. I so appreciate your support. Let's get going to today's episode. Hello, welcome to episode 29. This is a revisiting of our conversation with Rachel, the energy healer and light worker. Rachel is fascinating. She might trigger you a little with her beliefs and her approach. And she is absolutely full of wisdom and deep places that we can contemplate how we're living and viewing our lives. I asked her questions from the audience and I did my very best to get to as many of them as we could, but time absolutely flies with Rachel, as you'll see. This conversation is just another chapter in the unfolding conversation we will continue to have with Rachel. I Hope that you can listen to it with an open mind and open heart. And if it stirs or triggers you, I encourage you to just look inside that, to look and see what it means for you. And by no means is this the end-all be-all truth. This is just one more perspective in the understanding of what it means to be alive, what it means to live from your soul, what energy means, how to use it, and so much more. We talk about soulmates and oppression and social justice and reincarnation and the loss of our beloved children and so much more. Thank you for listening and let's get going to Rachel. All right. Welcome everyone. I am so grateful to be here with Rachel again. She is by far the most popular, well maybe not by far, but definitely the most popular episode I've done and I think people really love to hear what you have to say and we're excited to hear more from you and um, I've just really loved my time with you. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here with Anne, and I'm so happy you came again. As many times as we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope uh, we can make it interesting. Uh, it will be. Yeah. 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 Um, so people had a lot of um, questions, but also people were really moved by what you said and how you said it, and um, I think that you have this beautiful way of really... Um, tapping into the depth of what people um, are questioning in life. And um, and you're so relatable because of your human experience as well. And so um, I just want to thank you for that. But right off the bat, one of the first few things I heard were was that people wanted to know more about what it was like for you as a child or growing up or your life. And, um, and then the follow-up question, so I don't forget it, I'm putting it right out there, is that you talked about how you healed yourself. And everybody was like, but how? Like, but mm-hmm. how? Right. So maybe start with your childhood, and then we'll follow into the next question. Okay. Um, I want to first say thank you so much to all the people who reached out and for their support, and I wasn't expecting that. So I'm, I'm really honored. So thank you so much. Um, about my childhood. So I guess maybe what people will want to know how it felt to be a child with those sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was very small, maybe three or four, I started to feel very different. And I felt like I'm experiencing the world uh, in a 3D already, like mm-hmm. more uh, intense than most people. Mm-hmm. So everything was intense. I took things very seriously. And I already had this relationship with death. I was questioning death in a very young age. Mm -hmm. And I was questioning God, almost like I could feel there's a present of Godness. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a traditional home, um, traditional Jewish home. So there was a lot of talks about faith and God and holy days. You know, you're really surrounded 
mm-hmm. with that. So I really had a strong sense of godness around me all the time and that I'm part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like I'm disconnected. This little human was, was just walking and someone's pulling my string. I felt like I had a right to be angry at God and question God and uh, offer my opinion of how things should be. And I, I mentioned before, I had a very strong sense of justice. Mm-hmm. So I would look at the world and I would see what what's happening and I would think it would be, I would expect it to be the same. Like, I thought God should do things differently, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 10, I lost my grandfather from my dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the end of Yom Kippur, which is really interesting because we're oh, coming yeah. to Yom yeah. Kippur uh, next week, so mm-hmm. no coincidences, right? Right. Um, and after the end of Yom Kippur, we went to visit my grandparents, and we left home, and as we walk into the car, my dad remembered he forgot something. So I ran back up, and I opened the door, and my grandfather was already sick. He had Parkinson, he w- but he was actually getting better. And he laid on his bed, and I grabbed the keys, and I said, bye, and I waved to him, and he looked at me. And when we got home, we got a phone call. He passed away. Mm. So to me, that was the first thing with death when I was 10. And mm-hmm. I already had, um, like I said, this relationship with death. I was angry at death. I was questioning. If I look back, that's what opened up for me, all this uh relationship with the spiritual world and the spirit world and mm-hmm. souls. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you a question. So you talked about how you were angry with God. Because of your upbringing or because of your innate sense, did, it sounds to me a little bit of a personification of God in the way that we think of with traditional religion. Did you feel like God was a person as a child? Um, do you feel that way now? I think back then I only had to refer to what I was taught. Mm-hmm. So we always like to attribute like a human traits to God. Mm-hmm. But I felt, if I had to tell you what I felt intuitively, I felt this sense of energy and godliness, like an energy field around me all the time. Mm-hmm. And today I know better. So I know God is not a human. It's not a punishing God looking up. Right. It's an energy field. Mm-hmm. And we are an extension of it. Mm-hmm. And every little flame mm-hmm. took a body. So I'm, I also feel like I'm God sometimes. Well, yeah, that's right? the whole point, that we are yeah. God, right? I mean, that, that we talked about that last time, is that, because you said something like, like, you're not that, and I was like, no, actually, I'm pretty sure we were just talking yeah. about how you are God, <laughs> and that we're all just this tiny flame of the larger flame. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you why I was angry at God, and I'm still angry at God many times. I'm angry yeah. at Him. We talk all the time. Yeah. Because I don't think they should have made death so dramatic mm. because it's a game, mm-hmm. and it's just our exit. Because I know so much better today, because mm-hmm. I have the honor and privilege to experience people who passed mm-hmm. and to understand from them. They teach me so much, and I know it's a game, and it's just an exit, and they had to make it dramatic and we are here left to endure the trauma mm-hmm. and the pain and the sadness. And they're just easygoing. Nobody ever wants to come back. Yeah, uh, They're happy and they're light and they're free. So I, I'm angry that they have to make it so dramatic. And so do they make it dramatic or do we as humans make it dramatic? Because we're not allowed to understand ah, what death mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. which... I, I want to share with people what I understand that yeah. is. It's basically the transformation of energy to a different form. Mm-hmm. That's what death means. Mm-hmm. But we, be, Because we can't see what happens in that transformation in the next stage, we feel separation, and it's a horrible pain. Mm-hmm. And each of us chose how we're going to go back home, mm-hmm. I call it. And we think it's fun because it's a game, and we make it so dramatic. One oh, wants to it. go by disease. One wants to go by gunshot. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that for a fact now. For me, I proved it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry that because the humans that are staying here have to endure all the pain and suffering mm-hmm. and fear. Mm-hmm. And there's no comfort when we lose someone. So that goes right into one of the big questions that I've been grappling with. Um, as of, I mean, probably forever, but really trying to understand it is what is the purpose of pain and suffering? And 
um, from the human experience. And, and the follow-up question with that, or sort of the built-in question to me, is how much of that pain and suffering do we know um, or even predetermined to some extent before our souls choose to embody, right? Because we know our, the circumstances of our family and some of the circumstances of our life built into that choice mm-hmm. and who knows whatever else. So how much of it, so why pain and suffering? And then mm-hmm. with that is like how much of that pain and suffering did your soul know was a likely thing that you would have to face? It's a really, really beautiful question. So I'm going to um, back up a little bit, Okay. But I just want to say something I wanted to say in the beginning. I'm honored to be sharing what I know from my experience. But please know that I do not know everything. And I am still a student myself. And I'm honored that people want to listen. And hopefully they will listen to what I have to say and will use it to find their own truth. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So here I am. I'm going to share another thing that I've learned from watching Universal Patterns and Electric Box. Mm-hmm. We each decided what we want to experience here. Mm-hmm. And we decided if we want to be experiencing medicine or law or love or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. God in the universe, the big system, deciding for us how we're going to experience. So we decide the what, they decide the how. The how is determined based on our frequency. Okay, okay? So because every scenario already exists... Mm-hmm. Our frequency determines which one we're going to magnetize to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. This is why it's very important to do um, spiritual care and evolve spiritually because that's the only thing that raises frequency. Mm-hmm. And that means the person will attract to them things operating on a high frequency, which means scenarios that are easier, better, happier. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So we did not choose pain because we did not choose the how, the universe found that the only way to motivate us to change is to cause us pain and suffering. Mm. And this is the purpose of pain and suffering. To motivate change. Exactly, to bring change. And if we are awake, we're able to take the pain and make it gold from it, like I've done for myself, and to realize the gift in every pain. If we're not evolved, we fight God in the universe but we lose because they always win. <laughs> so it really requires, we talked about that, a sense of surrendering, a sense of humbling the ego and understanding that that take a minute, breathe through your pain, sit with it, and understand that if God and the universe use energy to cause you pain, it's serving a great purpose. They will never, ever waste energy. Mm-hmm. This is a functional existence. Not even a morsel of energy is being wasted. Mm. Okay, so this leads to a question that I had when I re-listened to the podcast was um, around this, like, it's for the greater good. Okay, so we you said last time that um, everything is neutral, and I think this is a really hard concept for people to wrap their head around, <laughs> right. right? And that the universe doesn't have an opinion, right? Because we, we imagine that God's a person, and then that God has an opinion, and that, you know, he's punishing some and casting favor on others, right? So we, we're letting that idea go. But yeah. with that, that idea of neutrality, if everything's to serve the greater good, that to me sounds like the universal energy does have an opinion to some extent. An opinion's not the right word, but I, you know what I mean? You mean agenda. You think... You agenda, maybe, or like that good is better than bad. Right. Because it's for the greater good, not for the greater bad. <laughs> it's such a good question. You know, we have to really be uh, cautious with words. Yeah. Yeah. So the universe doesn't care about good or bad. The universe cares about what's meant to be. So the Determined meant to be... Determined by who or what? Good question. But the meant to be is the greater <laughs> good, okay? okay. Uh, the meant to be is a state of um, harmony and balance. Okay. So the universe always aspire to bring balance and harmony equilibrium Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's how you pronounce it equilibrium yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and that's the greater good Mm -hmm. balance is when energy exchange is always balanced not too much energy is taken not too much energy is given i really don't want to give people a lecture because i want to keep it fun but there's a whole concept of lower worlds and higher worlds so Mm -hmm. the darkness i call it and the light so the universe agenda is to always make sure they are balanced and we're doing that by balancing the energy in the world okay okay um 
what's meant to be is the greater good, which means it's what brings balance. Therefore, it doesn't matter what we want. It matters where we're supposed to be. And then when we get there, we always feel like, oh, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It goes based on our personality, the purpose we're meant to serve in the world, the function. Those things determine what we're going to end up with, where we're going to end up with, who mm -hmm. we're going to end up with. Mm -hmm. That brings a balance. It brings a equilibrium in the energy exchange in the world. I'm trying not to give a lecture because I'll have to break it down and explain. Give as much of a lecture as you want because people want to understand. We're in a constant energy exchange. Mm -hmm. The universe has to make sure that wherever we are, wherever state we are, it's exactly the state that's serving the purpose, which is teaching us, evolving us, and exchanging energy with us in an equal way that we're not in depletion and we did not deplete the universe. Mm. Therefore, mm -hmm. sometimes even a job I don't want will end up to be what's the best job for me or the greater good because that job fits all the stuff I just mentioned. It. It's the job where I have the most balance in energy exchange, where I am, it fits my personality, I'm serving a purpose, I'm a teacher to humans, they're teacher, teachers to me. Mm -hmm. There's a big scheme of things Got that it. comes to place. So the greater good is always the balance between energy mm -hmm. and balancing the lower worlds and the higher worlds. And I could break it onto pieces, but it's going to take me hours to explain okay. it. But, that's, but, that's but it's not complicated. That, okay, well, we'll keep doing this, and you can just keep breaking it down with bite-sized pieces. Um, talk about the lower world, because that was interesting to me. You talked about little angels that are offering us gifts of opportunity by sort of tempting us was almost what it felt like the conversation mm -hmm. was tempting us like to really the way I heard it was that there were these lower angels come in to tempt us to say like um, how committed are you to your own coherence and your own alignment and your own guidance or can we tempt you with this shiny thing that's mm -hmm. going to kind of take you off path like like almost playful yeah but sort of like like hey you know <laughs> It sounds like religion a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, It's like a reference The devil on the shoulders, right? yeah. Uh -huh. So it's not so much like that from my experience. It's mostly, again, the purpose. The purpose is to facilitate free choice. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we have to have uh, ah. a devil and an angel talking to us, right. okay, to facilitate, to activate the human free choice. Got it. The more someone is evolved, the more they're able to choose things operating on a higher frequency. Mm. That's the whole point, and it's really important for me to share with people today. That's the whole point of spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. The more you are evolved spiritually, which means you know who is God, why did he send you, why you chose to come here, all yeah. those things, um, you're able to raise your frequency, the current on which you're operating, and therefore you're a match to higher things, and life really becomes much more peaceful and easier. And playful in a good way. Yeah, and fun. Yeah. They also become annoying because a lot of people around you will not be awakened. And I'm not talking in the political sense, obviously. I totally understand what you mean. They yeah. will still be sleeping, so it's going to be a challenge. Right. Because it was interesting. Um, I just taught a, led a retreat, and a, the conversation often goes back to um, belonging and lack of belonging and all of that. And I go to Brene Brown, um, who says that um, ultimately the work is to belong to yourself. Right, and that as we evolve, we're more able to listen to that higher wisdom, divine self, belong to that, and mm -hmm. do that in the world. Yeah, but people won't like it necessarily. They don't like it because you mirror into them exactly. where they're not. That's exactly what I always say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you shine a light. Yeah, on the ways that they're not able or yet ready to do that. They are able, but they're maybe not ready. Yeah, but I think there's got to be some grace when we shine light. Mm -hmm. uh, some grace and patience. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be a vegan, mm -hmm. and I have to say something. I was very um, aware of how making, how do I make people feel. I mm. never want to make anyone feel like I'm healthier than them or better than them. Or like it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Someone who's confident in their place in life is not making other people feel bad, mm -hmm. and is not trying to ridicule people or put them down. So right. even with great gift as light, we have to know how to shine it. Sure. Right. Sure, um, and that we're, that shining it is still with heaping loads of love and compassion and yeah. understanding. A lot of compassion and just to be a role model, not to be a, not to preach anyone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you the one who told me, let others voluntarily evolve? I don't think it is you, but um, that let others voluntarily evolve was really 
is, is such a beautiful way to say that. So, lo- so often we want to drag people in and be like, come on, turn the lights on, wake up. Right. But really just modeling that and hoping that others rise because they see how you're changing or shifting or you're, you're a role model. That's like the definition of being a role exactly. model. Exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah. Whoever told you that. Yeah. It's beautiful. I also accepted the notion that not everyone has to be evolved mm-hmm. or awake and that's okay yeah we need everybody and everyone is perfect the way they are and mm-hmm. everyone's perfect right now mm-hmm. yeah so do people souls come in knowing ultimately that they're not here to evolve what are they here for then just to have experiences um it's really hard to say who needs to evolve and mm-hmm. who doesn't because we don't if we have to, we'll have to go back and look at the soul lifetime mm-hmm. what did the soul did before this reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things are determined based on what the soul already achieved and what it came to achieve. Mm-hmm. For some, especially for, I'm going to talk about children because mm-hmm. that's something I know for a fact, but I don't want people to be mad at me when I'm saying that because I'm not excusing death in any right. way. Right. Like I said, I have a very challenging relationship with death. Uh, we find that children who pass away young mm-hmm. are those souls who really came to complete one more thing and they get to go back home mm. and it's one of those things that makes me really angry mm-hmm. because we we live in parents here suffering and and sad and but that's the truth that mm-hmm. we know that if a child passed away in a young age that soul is almost like a complete soul they really came to finish something mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. so that we know for sure for others if they evolved a lot in their previous reincarnation, maybe they don't need to, so they can stay asleep this time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like good for them. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I've heard like almost like sometimes you've had such trauma in previous lifetimes that you get sort of like a rest life where you just kind of live and do, and there's no ep- major epiphany or all of that. You're just sort of trying to gather yourself back yeah. up. Back to the ch- children dying or other similar really huge traumas. Um, do you think the parents of that child knew in some pers- some way at the soul level before they embodied that that would be a trauma they might face? Or again, you think that's all up to the universe to decide how they experience? You just chose you wanted to work on forgiveness or whatever, or, you know, whatever the, 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 the theme is. Um, parenthood is basically a, a system that facilitates growth to new souls. So... One soul brings the other. That's what we do. So that's parents, as far as universe, universal perspective. Um, souls do know who's going to be assigned to them and who's going to come to the family of souls because we travel together all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we know. We don't experience it as trauma when we're in the soul form because right. it's a game for us. Right. And once, once we are born, we forget that we are a soul. Sure. So then we experience a trauma when we're a human. I hope yeah. I'm making sense. You are, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So The soul knows that it's all a game and it's all going to go back to source and it's just play and it's not permanent. Right. Right? But the human experience of losing a child, there's like nothing. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. I want to send a lot of love to parents who lost a young child. I want to send you hugs and love and blessings because I know... It's the most painful thing, and there's no comfort, and there's no excuse. But I want to tell you something. You should be really proud because you're so special because they chose you to come mm-hmm. so they can be with you while they have to finish one more thing. So you had the you had the privilege and honor to host a soul that is almost completed, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I have tears when I'm yeah. saying that. And they really choose those parents before. Yeah. yeah, it's really... It has to be like a magnificent soul that will be assigned to a soul that just comes to to experience one thing you understand what i'm saying so it's not random so please know and i'm not trying to comfort you because no one can comfort you but you are so special and so amazing they came to be with you for that short period of time so they can do what they need to do and go back home Mm -hmm. so yeah you're amazing i yeah that's what i wanted to say thank you i think that's beautiful and um, I always have such reverence for parents who have experienced that kind of loss because it ter- in my human experience, it terrifies me. It, right? It's a horrible thing. Yeah. 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 Um, you talk yeah. about um, completion of a soul. Can you? I, that's, I actually had a question about that too because you recently did a reading of a friend and said um, that somebody had completed. And I, I would love to know what that means. And if you're completed, does that also mean that you, you 
not only that you don't have to come back, but that you won't, or that you just simply don't have to, so to speak? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. I just want to go back one second to something yeah. I said, because yeah. I want to make sure I shared. Um, you know how I, how I said we don't really know if some people really don't have to evolve? Yeah. I still want to recommend to anyone to evolve to a degree that you feel the oneness, at least. Because if you don't feel the oneness, mm -hmm. uh, systems like politics and media and social justice will abuse your power and mm. will drain your soul and you will waste your life here. So the only, you don't have to evolve, but if you do choose to evolve, at least that part of you that knows we are one and therefore nothing can come between us. No mm -hmm. political opinions and no color, skin, religion, faith. It's not real. So I would like to encourage people to evolve at least that, even if they don't feel like evolving the rest of their soul and existence. Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that, and then I think to myself, well, if you get to that point of your evolution, everything else seems like you, like you would inherently evolve, evolve in the other ways, right? Because if you start to see oneness, all of the fear and separation move away, and then like that is the most beautiful evolution I feel yeah. like you know but I do see people that understand the concept of oneness but they still march and they still protest protest mm -hmm. and so they they don't get it yet uh -huh. that going against something is creating war mm. so there's a way to support or not support or bring change without going against okay so this is like another huge question I yeah. have around neutrality right is right. that it like what point does neutrality also seem like in action, doormat, you know, no loyalty to, not right. loyalty, but you know what I mean? That you're like, you know, because in many spiritual circles, it's like, it's all bliss and love. And I want to be like, bullshit. It's not all <laughs> bliss and love. Like, life is hard. And there's, life there's is hard. There's oh hard gosh. things and there's so much pain and suffering. And at what point does such supposed evolution just be the same as numbing out and putting your blinders on? So, so. Yeah. I don't know how you would explain that because it's. I think it's such a like profound question. But I think those of us who feel like really like yes, it's all we're all one. And where do we stand for the oppressed? Like how do we help the oppressed, or how do we really support and serve them in a way? If it isn't marching and isn't having these like stances and social justice and stuff, how do you really serve the oppressed without feeling like you're just ignoring the the injustice? Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. Um, honestly, I'm not like a Zen type of person. Like yeah. I said before, I have a very strong personality and strong mm -hmm. energy. I burn light bulbs and electronics on a daily basis, yeah. right? And I'm not sitting in like an ashram. Yeah. You well, know? I'm not sure that's the highest exactly. and best path anyway exactly. for many people. Yeah. So, and I'm very opinionated and I come from a culture of very opinionated people. Um I choose what I give my energy to. And we mm -hmm. all have to understand that. Mm -hmm. Energy can be dark and it can be light. Remember how mm -hmm. I talked about the high and lower worlds? Yeah. Okay, so if I want to bring change, mm -hmm. I have to use my energy in the light to make the person I don't agree with become successful. Mm -hmm. When that person is awake and successful, if I bless them, let's say, they will come to the light they will raise their frequency and they will fix what needs to be fixed mm. I do it all the time so mm -hmm. it's not something in theory I do it uh, with my work with people I do it in all the injustices I see in the world and I can tell you it works I did it with myself we talked about how I healed myself um, the only way the only effective way to bring change is to to use your power in the light, is to use blessings and encouragement and positivity, is to take an action. So if I care about animals, I donate money to animal shelters and volunteer and, and take care of animals. I literally take an action. Mm -hmm. I don't, rather mm. than marching with a sign I, I against totally something. Yes. Okay, so if you want to bring a change, take an action in the physical world. Like, use your energy. Don't go against a person. This will not bring change. It will bring us all into the darkness. Okay, that was so that was so helpful. I totally <clears throat> get it. That in marching and doing things, and pe this is going to be uncomfortable for people to listen to, but in those sort of actions, you're participating in the separation. Yes. But in sending <clears throat> money, energy, or literally volunteering your time to support something 
that you see is more illuminated or for the greater good, you are then participating in that evolution and light coming Yes, you're raising the frequency. Mm -hmm. Because even the person that you don't agree with, if you go against them, you are going against you. Mm-hmm. Again, because we are all one. Exactly, all that's my right. point. Yeah, the only way to lift parts of us that are not in alignment, mm-hmm. parts of us is the person that I'm not agreeing with, mm-hmm. is to bring them to alignment. Is to bless them. Is to raise them up because they're part of me. This is what I said. People that know we're one still not understanding mm-hmm. how it works to be one. Mm-hmm. Every time you go against something, you go against yourself. So mm-hmm. rather than going against, you can just. Respect that you disagree, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And find different ways to bring a positive change. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say something, maybe it's not going to be popular, but the reason why I didn't go to march, okay, mm-hmm. for women marches, because I consider the people who are part of it, mm-hmm. what kind of energy they bring, their intentions. And I don't want to go against men either, because mm-hmm. all people are my people. Mm-hmm. Females are my people, and male are my people, and... Whatever someone chooses to call themselves or be, they are my person. I protect them. Yeah. So there's a problem with marching for something and against someone else, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, I would think people would argue with you that they weren't marching against men. They were marching for women and that one didn't have to exclude the other. But I can see that the energy, I can, I can, I hear what you're saying. And I can see also the argument against that is like by elevating the di- divine feminine, we aren't negating the masculine, we're simply asking for a rebalance of the energy. I feel, I feel the way it was asked was not uh, effective, and I think it was done in a day that excluded a lot of women who did want to participate. Got it. Jewish Orthodox female could not participate on a Saturday. Okay, So that excluded a big chunk of women. So, okay. like I said, before I give my energy to something, I research it thoroughly and decide what's in alignment exactly. and for yourself and your energy exactly i i check who who is representing that who is mm-hmm. organizing that if mm-hmm. they have an agenda mm-hmm. if they're causing separation mm-hmm. um we all have to do that because our energy is our currency our yeah. energy is our most powerful thing we have it's our life force yeah and we're in a constant energy exchange with yeah. the universe. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, this is so much of, of what I've been interested in talking about, too, is this idea of congruence and, like, really starting to understand, and this is a sidebar, and we'll go back quickly, but sidebar um, is that understanding how the ego and the mind or the intellect or whatever you want to call it um, often negates or misdirects the guidance that comes from the wisdom because we think of, because there's so much energy focused on the outside or what the world says we should do and all of these things. And it's really learning to find that inner congruence so that your energy is being put in the places that feel in line with your mission, your purpose, mm-hmm. your path, your right. whatever, your evolution. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to go back a few steps because this was a yes. question that I think um, is interesting, especially for people who are like, I don't know about these people who talk to spirits and all of this. And this feels against my religion that I was raised in and even though I don't align with that religion anymore there's still some residue of that fear you know in in the Christian faith it's fire and brimstone and hell Um, and lower worlds and devils on your shoulder start to feel for those who have baggage there like hell do you believe that there is a hell and Hmm. how do you reconcile with some of those um, fear-based religious beliefs I respect all religions, and I'm not coming to challenge anyone. I am offering my learning and perspective, and I feel like when people listen to that, whatever's truthful to them, their soul will tell them, and it's going to help them find the middle ground between mm-hmm. religion, if they want to hold on to that, or mm-hmm. spirituality. I really trust anyone that's receiving our message today that their soul is going to guide them how to use the message. Yeah. And they're going to find peace with that. They're not gonna. We're not gonna challenge or, cause we're not trying to. No. That's not our goal. I really respect every religion. Um, religions are the truth watered down, mm-hmm. and it's needed, and that's okay, cause it's much easier nowadays to start from somewhere, and religion makes it easy. Because sometimes spirituality can seem like very heavy, mm-hmm. and confusing. Um, we have hell, and the Kabbalah and the Book of Zohar calls it Gehenom, which is a place, actually. It's basically all souls go there. It's like a car wash. 
um, I did not make it up, and I cannot take credit for it. Mm-hmm. All the um, mysti- Jewish mysticism and all the Egyptian mysticism and all those old writings we have talks about a process of a kind of a car wash that mm-hmm. the soul has to go through before it's entering the higher worlds. Okay. Okay? So yeah. I cannot take credit for it, but I do see it. So right. um, I did experience, and I, I believe I did hear from some souls about it. Mm-hmm. It's a process in which uh, all the stains we have have to be washed, and it's also the process in which we have to watch everything we've done. And it's not the life review yet. It's almost like we have to take accountability for our story mm-hmm. in that soul time. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows it, and we're kind of being shamed a little bit because it's in front of everyone else. It's occurring mm-hmm. super quick. Um that's not the life review and reconciliation that we can talk about it later. Um, so there is such a thing it's hell. It's not fire. It's not painful. It's not burning. It's something necessary before a soul can enter again to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the process of the spiritual world. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> they don't consult with me when they yeah. make the rules. <laughs> yeah. um, I re- there's no devils in that sense. There are... Um, I don't want to call them creatures, beings that belong to the lower worlds. Okay. And they're not evil. They're just coming to offer another um, choice because, again, their job is to facilitate free choice. Okay? And it's balance, yeah. Exactly. There's okay. nothing scary about that. I personally am not a medium. I work with energy. So that means when someone comes to me, whatever is in their energy, that's what I'm going to be allowed to know. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes and ten, 10 souls of loved people are in their energy I will see them Mm -hmm. I will experience them I don't read impressions like a medium so I cannot speak of the work of a medium because I really don't know I would Mm -hmm. love to learn but for me I don't call on them and I don't do anything they just all of a sudden I see them in someone's energy Mm -hmm. so they will identify themselves with a name or initial they will say uh, what type of heaven they have how they passed away sometimes and this is how I learned it's a game for them they like to show me, and I get really angry. If anyone mm-hmm. came to a session with me, they know I get angry. Like, why are you showing me, me that? Because yeah. I take it really seriously. And they start to laugh. So one can show me they hung themselves. One can show me, God forbid, or they mm-hmm. shot themselves. Or one can show me a car accident. So it's a game for them. Mm-hmm. All this dramatic thing, the exit. Right. It doesn't feel serious and heavy in the way that it feels no. for us. No, they're like laughing, and they want to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand if people think you know, that it's going against religion. Personally, what I do does not contradict any religion as far as I know because I don't call on them. Yeah. I all of a sudden see them, they show up. They yeah. know how to find us. I, I always tell people, don't say anything about anyone who passed. Don't say names of anyone. If I need to know, I will know. Mm-hmm. I really surrender to God. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a notion of when a soul passed away, like I said, it could, they have to come to the higher world and go through the car wash. Yeah. But they might still be in the lower world. So there is a notion that we should not be calling on them because you don't know which world they are occupying. Oh, okay. So that's why I'm very careful. I use rules. Uh-huh. Um because I'm able to know where mm-hmm. they come from because I read their energy as mm-hmm. well as the person who comes to me. Yeah. Okay. But like I said... So the lower world is the car wash. Um, yes. Okay. Gehenom. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And I think I've heard, you know, or read before from people who do similar work as you that um, if you had a really... If, there was a, if you did a lot of damage, so to speak, in your life, um, that sometimes you get kind of held in that lower world or you get separated to sort of heal and really clean and put you back together. Or if you faced a lot of trauma, you know, and usually that happens too. Um, the trauma stays in the body. I just want to ex- okay. explain that. There's no trauma in the soul. The soul is pure. It comes pure and it lives pure. All the trauma, ego stuff stays in the body and go back to the ground. That's why it's important to be buried and not... Um, cremated. I just want to say that to people. Very important to let the body decompose. It takes the soul about 11 months to leave the body, okay? Um, there's no trauma. The, the, the car wash is necessary, so when the soul comes to the higher world, it doesn't have any spots of, like, lower worlds or... Like residue? <clears throat> exactly. It cleans the residue. The soul is always pure, okay? Right. Um, otherwise, I mean... The soul comes to the body because it wants to see what it can do 
moving a physical being. Mm -hmm. It's a game for us. I mean, and that's what brings me to what I said the last time. The purpose here is not to be perfect and super evolved because otherwise, what's the point of coming? We're, yes. Right? We're already amazing and pure and perfect mm -hmm. as a, in a soul form. Right? Uh, yeah. No, I've <laughs> said that for a long time because often in the yogic world, this conversation of enlightenment and that you're constantly trying to achieve that, you know, expansive spiritual state. And I keep, it always begs the question to me, what's the point of embodiment if all I'm trying to do is get back to the feeling of being totally at source, right? And, and I think it's probably an oversimplification of what people call enlightenment um, and my behalf or how it's been um, expressed to me. But I, I keep coming back to this, like, deep feeling of the purpose in some ex to some extent, is to have the experience of humanness. Yes, that's the purpose. Right, and so why am I trying to escape the experience of humanness if that's what I meant, that's why I chose to embody Right. Right, like there's something there that doesn't sit right. Being here is the purpose, because mm -hmm. that's what we chose. We chose to come here. Yeah. Now, we can do it while completely asleep, and then it's going to be a little hard to play the game here, or yeah. we can do it uh, mostly awake, and that's going to be much easier and fun. Mm -hmm. That's where evolution comes to. Mm -hmm to play, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you evolve, you remember you are a soul and you're able to be a match to everything opera operating on a high frequency and manifest and create and mm -hmm. and really have peace in your life or you can stay asleep and that's okay, like we said. Yeah. And no judgment. Just be here. Right. But there's no purpose. There's nothing you should do or need to do. You came here to play. Okay, except for that you said that, we're, that things are meant to be. Things are the meant to be is the balance. Ah. You're here to be, but the universe will moderate itself all the time. The universe will bring balance, so no energy is taken or given too much. Okay. That the lower worlds and higher worlds are always in balance. Therefore, we will get what we need to get based on our function, purpose, um, energy, personality, mm -hmm. role we play, who we need to meet, who we need to teach, who we need to teach us. Okay, but okay? there is some inherent purpose in in our. I just want to keep rehashing this to understand it. So in the in the soul's intent to embody, you did your soul and the conversation with God, universe, source did have some inherent intent in this embodiment, in the as in purpose, to help contribute into this meant to be balancing energy. The purpose is to be here, and then how do I expand the physical world? The purpose to be here is to expand the physical world. This is why we Expand. came here. Exactly. Expansion okay. is the purpose. Okay. As a collective and as one. Mm -hmm. So everybody in their own way has to contribute to expansion. Mm -hmm. And everybody brought an ability or gift that does mm -hmm. not exist in the world. And I want to encourage you to go after your dreams and use your yeah. gifts and expand the world and contribute to the world because we need everybody. Yeah. So that's the purpose, expansion yeah. of the physical world. Got it. So based on that, the universe will decide what, what where is like. the most balanced. Got exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's helpful. And I think that's really a, a huge piece for people in seeking purpose, right? And we think of purpose always as like, you know, we imagine, I think people often imagine that it's going to be this like huge thing, but it's often very simple ways that you're in alignment with that divine purpose that you chose to come through and keep living that out in whatever ways, yeah. using your gifts, skills, and talents. And you, mm -hmm. because that offers the most energy and light back. Exactly. It's also, if I have to be here to expand the world, I can do it while I'm sleeping and it's going to be hard and annoying for me or I can mm. do it when I'm awake and mm. it's going to be fun and easy. Got it. But I have to be here to expand the physical world yeah. and I choose how to do it, right? Okay. okay. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Um, Serious stuff, and I... <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's great. I think these are the real questions people have in trying to understand it. And maybe not everyone's going to get all of that, but they'll get what they need to get from that. I really believe that. I, I w if somebody feels like we can simplify it, please uh, share with us, because I love to learn how to make it simpler, because, you know, in my mind, it makes sense. Yeah. You never know how it comes out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that I just, I keep coming back to similar... Um, understandings and that I feel like at least in my own experience I know very clearly that there are things that I that I uh, feel deeply guided towards in my life and I love the idea and maybe it's not an accurate one but that any desire that comes from your soul um, it, you're meant to attain create cultivate right that if it comes from deep within you it's because it's in you and that it's meant for you, right? We often think people talk about their dreams being too big or they're, they shouldn't put in, they shouldn't spend frivolous time creating or doing these different mm -hmm. things. And I always feel like if it's in you, it's born from something divine. And like, 
you have permission, not only permission, you have permission and it's within the realm of possibility and inspiring people to come alive in that way to contribute to the expansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so any so I I everything you're saying is resonating. I just want to understand it through your framework, <laughs> you know, because everybody has their own experience of it. You have your own interpretation of what you're feeling, hearing, and seeing, right? right? exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the burning question that if I don't ask, people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> Soulmates, twin flames. Oh, my. <laughs> how does it, soul groups, but really within that they want to know, do they have one true love forevermore, like Prince Charming and things like that. And then twin flames, I think, is an interesting conversation, too. Right. It's, you know, I feel like it's so processed. If you go on YouTube, there's so yeah. many videos. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because I guess it brings a lot of... Uh, Everybody's seeking love, right? Everybody's seeking love. You know why we have love? The universe uses two things to motivate us to change, Mm. right? Pain and love, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So love is the one thing that sticks everything together. Because if we didn't have love, who wants to be with another person for the rest of their life? It's so hard, right? (laughs) Because we're not patient, right? But somehow when we have that glue, love, then we're able to be really patient all Mm -hmm. of a sudden and expect things we wouldn't expect from anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Accept things. Accept, I mean. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure because it it means something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we always travel in groups Mm -hmm. in a soul family, and we always come here and we always go. We always have the same soul group, yes. Okay. And soulmates can be our friends, our soul friends, and it's not necessarily a romantic thing. So mm-hmm. it could be our parents in this reincarnation. It could be our siblings. It could be friends. It could be also partners and boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives. And But soulmates in general is not necessarily a romantic thing. Mm-hmm. And how do we know we meet a soulmate? We feel like we have always known them and we click and we have so much in common and mm-hmm. uh, we feel like a sense of family with them and mm-hmm. we can rely on them. So that's a soulmate. It's really easy. And you can have many soulmates. And you, you can do. have many soulmates. Yeah, because they're essentially members of your soul group. Exactly. So it's easy. We always find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that It starts to be interesting when it comes to, I call it a twin soul. I don't use the term Twin flame. Because, again, it's like a, like a generic, it comes to, like, create a hype. It's not real. Mm-hmm. It's really twin soul. So a soulmate can be a twin soul as well, and this is what we really want to have, someone mm-hmm. who's also a twin soul and also a soulmate. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to touch about the twin soul for a minute. Um, every soul has about five matches. Mm-hmm. So in our lifetime, we have five matches. So five souls that we can have good relationship with, there will be a good match. That's also a romantic relationship. I'm talking about just romantic right okay. now, okay? Every soul has five, about five matches that we can have with each one of those five is a good romantic relationship. Only one of them will be the twin soul. Mm-hmm. If we're blessed and lucky and evolving, we will meet that twin soul. And mm-hmm. if we're not, we're not. Mm-hmm. But still, we'll meet one of the five matches. So how do we know we met a twin soul? Mm-hmm. And then I want to touch about how we can make sure we meet a twin okay. soul, okay? The requirement. Mm-hmm. A twin soul is someone that pushes us, pushes us along the journey. We always evolve in the same time. We're always parallel. Then in the same time, somehow we're, we're able to give each other a lot of space. So it's like a dance. We come close and far, and we always evolve in the same time, and we always have space. It's someone who feels like home, okay? Mm-hmm. Differently than the soulmate, but similarly, because we want both. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about it in a minute. We feel home. It's easy, even though we can have arguments and disagreements. Uh, it's easy. You feel home. Mm-hmm. You feel like you make sense to the world because it's literally another piece of your soul, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So it's very identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel we find that people who are twin souls have similar upbringing, similar life experience, similar past. Mm. They have a similar way to see the world. Their brain processes information very similarly. They have the same reference. And somehow the universe came together, quote-unquote, to facilitate very similar path to both of them. So they're always parallel. Mm. So it's very unlikely that twin souls will not have that in common. Okay. Okay? Um, 
unfortunately not all of us get to meet the twin soul um it's getting hard honestly mm-hmm. but all of us have it available and all of us will meet at least one of the five matches we have yeah. and it's i just want it because i want people to be to hear this for a yeah. second if you didn't if you don't meet your twin soul or you didn't choose to be married to them or whatever right like life can still be beautiful and good right we don't need to make this one more unobtainable reason life why can we're be unhappy. amazing life is right. amazing right so it's like this is wonderful it's wonderful and perhaps don't throw away the bath with the, or the baby with the bath water that if you're in something beautiful and lovely and you're like well I don't check all of those boxes you're not saying to them throw that no thing away. I'm not saying that and I'm not I'm not done it there's some okay. qualifications <laughs> because um the most successful relationship are not with a twin soul the most successful relationship are with a soulmate, twin soul, or a match who is a, tw- who is a soulmate, yeah. okay? We find that just having a twin soul relationship is a little bit lacking because there's too much uh, ups and downs and dramatic and passion, mm-hmm. and that can throw off things, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we don't want to exist in the emotional realm mm-hmm. so much. We want to have a functional existence. I'll talk about that one time. Mm-hmm. So... From what I'm learning, the most successful relationships in life and where, where people are more content and happy is when their partner is, first of all, a soulmate. Sure. Like we said, someone who's a true friendship. Yeah. That's the base for everything. And then someone who's either a good match or a twin soul. Okay. So if we really want to find our person, our person should really be first a soulmate, then a twin soul. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tend to work just with a twin soul, unfortunately. So hopefully it's helpful what I'm saying. Okay, so twin soul alone but not in your soul group doesn't tend to work. Your twin soul is part of your soul. It's always in your soul group. Okay. But they're not necessarily have the part of the soulmate, the friendship. Okay, Okay, got it. The companionship. It's like the the passionate relationship where, like, that can get... So fiery sometimes, but yes. also lacks like the grounded exactly. anchoring. Exactly. See, you're so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really know how to like define stuff. Yeah. Yes, because it all that passion can mm-hmm. throw us off balance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and be a distraction. Right. Because the purpose of the twin soul relationship is to teach us and push us along their journey. That's why it's so intense sometimes. Mm-hmm. If it's lacking the uh, soulmate part, it's going to be too intense and we're getting, like, hard lessons. We mm-hmm. really want that part. Now, I want to say something. It's our choice if we're going to meet them because if we evolve and if we are our own soulmate and if we are a whole person, the universe will support us meeting our person, mm-hmm. our twin soul soulmate. Okay. It's very likely to meet them once you are a whole person. Mm-hmm. When someone is evolving, they're very likely to meet that. Okay. Another thing I want to say someone can become a twin soul and a soulmate. Mm. That's the beauty of magic in mm-hmm. the physical world. When someone is evolved, they become a match to things operating on a higher frequency, right? Mm-hmm. So they're becoming, they can become a match to somebody. Mm. Okay? Interesting. Okay. Again, I'm trying not to give a lecture. I have to break it down. There's so many components. Um, I think lecture is fine. and We, we want to learn. That's why I have you here. So. This is why we say be careful what you wish for. And this is why we don't encourage people to put love spells mm-hmm. or have attachment to one person and want them all the time. Yeah. Because that holding, the energy of wanting, can cause twin, can cause interruption between yeah. twin souls and soulmates. What are we learning from that? Then someone can become or not be someone like that anymore. Mm. Does it make sense, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you can say it again. We're so powerful mm-hmm. when we focus our energy on something. Okay. So that's why religion and spirituality encourage us not to use love spells or focusing our energy on one person and trying to make it happen if that person doesn't want to be with Got us. Got it. Got it. Because, because we can alter that. Exactly. Yeah. We are able to alter faith. We can alter if someone's going to end up being someone else's match, twin soul, twin mm-hmm. flame. So okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So it's be careful... Yeah, because we're all magic and energy, and so you want to be responsible with that. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a couple, cl- I we're running up against time, and apparently now we'll just have to work on the third one, because... Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, 
people want to know about um, interpreting messages from loved ones. Like people were talking about, you know, whether it's that they do some sort of energy work like massage or Reiki or similar and they feel like they get messages but they don't know how to interpret them. Or you people get signs from loved ones and they feel like they want more or they want a deeper connection or they want more understanding and they were Mm -hmm. looking for guidance I think that might be a much bigger question it's a big question yeah and unfortunately there's not a generic answer yeah uh and if someone offers you a generic answer please trust what I'm saying it's not real answer yeah it's so specific to every soul Mm -hmm. they will leave us messages based on our relationship with them Mm -hmm. so if someone had a um Loved, they loved birds, they're going to start appear, appearing to their loved one as a bird or mm-hmm. leave them feathers. Mm-hmm. If someone had a favorite number, they would start showing them numbers, sequence of numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone were joking about money, they will start leaving their loved one's money. Mm-hmm. The common thing is sequence of numbers. Um, they like to communicate with electricity. Mm-hmm. So they like to burn light bulbs or flickering light bulbs or do stuff on our watch. Yeah. Um, Isn't it basically that, um, that you, have to, you have to be in that dance of validating it, of interpreting the messages as it comes, seeing if it resonates, and learning and being in that communication? Yeah, you have to really be participating in the universal right. communication. Right, because there is no, there is, you've got yeah. your own interpretation built based on who you are as a person and all of the people and whoever yeah. the energy is that's coming through. So it's practice, I yeah. would guess. You know? When people come to me, I can tell them what the message is because yeah. I can see it in their energy. So it's hard to answer generally. I can answer specifically. Like if you had a specific question, yeah. I could probably tell you. What does this you. mean? Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, but numbers always mean to pay attention, awakening, and to pay attention, basically. If okay. people see frequencies of numbers, sequence of numbers, I mean, mm-hmm. Um Electricity always means, like, I'm trying to get to you. You're not paying attention to me. I'm here. And when things disappear, it's their humor. So just so you know, they like to hide things all the Mm -hmm. time, okay? Mm -hmm. And money means um, I'm here and I'm helping you. I'm contributing to your abundance, Mm. okay? You've Mm -hmm. supported in Mm -hmm. a financial bit. Not just financial abundance, but that's that's what it means. But like I said, it's so specific that I won't be able to answer... Right, because there's no rule. Right. No, there's no rules. I don't believe in that. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have to do more. I have one last question for you because I think this is important. Can we do it? Yes, but I do want to talk about the healing part because people also asked me. We'll do your question first and then... Okay. Okay, I just want to be respectful of your time. Um, Okay, so the question was around this idea of magnetizing and you recognize that you're out of alignment or there's an incongruence and in what you're hoping to magnetize towards yourself and what you actually believe you're capable of or, you know, whatever belief sort of blocking that energetically. How do people make shifts in that so that, that what they desire, their energy matches it? They have to surrender to the notion that the universe has so much wisdom and the universe supports them and the universe, and I mean universe and God, knows yeah. who they are and knows what's the best for them. Okay. Uh, so stop are, trying to control? Is that what you mean in some ways? Manipulate? For, first of all, surrender to that notion. That Oh, surrender to that knowing. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. The second thing would be to release attachment to outcome. Mm. For mm-hmm. us, it's to do the one action because we are in a physical world. We are in the world of action, and in order to move energy, we have to make an action. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's all. The rest is done by God and the universe. Mm. It's not our job to take care, take care of the outcome or how things will be received. Figure out, yeah, and figure out the... Yeah, right. that's okay. why people get stuck with not creating. They really, really want to do stuff, and they're not creating because they have to think 10 steps ahead of how mm. it's going to look like. That's not your job. Your job is to take one action and to trust, and I promise you the universe will take care of the rest. That's mm. how it works. Mm, I okay? love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so tell us about your healing. Okay, so... I was not sick. I said that the last time. Yeah. Uh, but I was lacking self-love. I didn't know how to love myself and what it meant. And loving myself really required me to do like a life review and look at all the things that I went through and that happened to me that I did to others and just love them and accept them and integrate them. I had to integrate my life experience which means not to fight it. I mm. hope it makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. I had to say, yes, this is part of me and that's okay. And this is part of me and that's okay. And accept everything that happened. And, and love on and it. And love it. Love Put love it. Is, is, first it's acceptance and then mm-hmm. it's like love means to understand it meant to happen. It needed to happen because if I change one little thing, I'm not who I am today. Mm-hmm. That's how healing starts. That's how healing starts. And then not to trying to change yourself, not to trying to compare yourself to others. I want to take this platform to really ask people, get off your phone, get off of social media because someone is using your power. They're taking your energy, your time, okay, mm-hmm. your life force, and they making uh, frequent, not frequency, currency, money, and they making money, real money, real hard money from your energy, from your spiritual energy because they took your time. And they made you compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. They use you to make money, to become rich. Mm-hmm. So I don't use those things. So I don't have to compare myself or feel bad about myself. I only validate myself. And if I give myself validation, I feel pretty good about myself. I don't think too much how the world accepts me or what they think about me. Okay. And that's helped to grow self-love a lot, a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to be like anyone else. Each of us has an um, energetic signature, an imprint, and we're supposed to be the exact way that we are because each of us came here to contribute to the physical world and to contribute to expansion. Mm-hmm. And each of us brought something that doesn't exist, and mm-hmm. no one else can replace any of us. So we're, we're that important. We're that unique. So social media is not helping you. I'm sorry to tell you this. Yeah. I wish it was not true, but... Mm-hmm. It's taking away your life force, your energy. Yeah. And it becomes money to those who created it. Mm-hmm. It's depleting you. Okay. So. And so that goes back to your own healing is to look at all the ways that you're probably expending energy that needs to be turned back on yourself. Yes. If as you, love and if, acceptance. If your life force is in social media, it's not in your existence yeah. to love yourself and to grow. Mm-hmm. You don't have it Got it. So where is your energy? Ask yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's such a it's such a hard question because so much so much of the world and even business and so many of it's like this it seems to be what I like to call a necessary evil in some ways for people who are trying to um, expand in different ways in their business. People use that as a resource, but there still has to be a boundary. Mm-hmm. If you are gonna use it, there needs to be a boundary around how much energy input you're allowing and what you're allowing it to take from you. Look at it as what purpose is it serving? Yeah. Is it helping me achieve my goals? Is it truly helping me achieve my exactly. goals? Exactly. Yeah. And what is it taking from me? Exactly. So so that, yeah. that's yeah. what we should look at. Um, yeah. I think I wanted to say one more thing about healing. Mm-hmm. Um, we all go through trauma. Nobody has it easy here. Like mm-hmm. I said, the universe likes to use pain to motivate us to change. So try to love your trauma. Try to love your pain. Try to comfort yourself. Be your first child. Be your first born. Hug yourself. Give yourself kindness. Mm-hmm. Hu- cry. Hug yourself. Um, I'm not saying to agree with things because sometimes things are not fair. But love your trauma. Mm-hmm. Hug your wounds. Um, I hope it makes sense. Yeah, let's like seek the gift held within that. Yeah, even. it really helps. It really helps. Mm-hmm. And teach your kids to love themselves because they can't do anything in the world if they don't love themselves. And loving yourself, it's not necessarily getting your hair done or getting your nails done. It's the way we speak to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know. It's if we judge ourselves, if we, the way we eat, the way we speak, the way we wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up in the morning and I don't touch my phone for a few hours. I don't want to consume that. Yeah. So self-love is in the actions we take. It's not only in the... Speaking about self-love. Well, yeah, because right. that just also becomes external and not actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything. Um, this was awesome, and I think, as always, I could do at least three more hours, <laughs> so we'll just keep doing this if you're open for it. Anything you want to say before we close up shop? I want to say thank you, and I hope it made sense, because when I'm in my thoughts and speaking about my stuff, you know, I lose track of how it comes out. So thank you for everyone that listens. We really appreciate your time mm-hmm. and your energy and, like I said, your feedback and your support. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out, I will give you my email. Yes. Yep, and if you want to do a reading or, or a not a reading, a session. Thank yeah. you. Wrong word. Yeah. Yes, if you want to do a session with Rachel. and um, I'll give you my email. Mm-hmm. And 
just know again you are the source of all everything is inside of you there's not one person who knows everything I do not know everything I'm just you know thank God I'm blessed that they let me know a little bit and I hopefully I can share it with you and help you in your journey and that's it only blessings to everybody in this time uh, we have special energy coming into the world next week mm-hmm. so pay attention take take your time walk slowly in the world okay thank you thank you Woo, thank you for making it all the way to the end of that. I know it was dense, thought-provoking, and I encourage you to listen again. I also encourage you to really look at the ways in which that might have pushed up against your beliefs. It certainly does that to me, and I don't take it all as truth. I take it and think about it and allow myself to really contemplate the questions and the reactions that are stirred by listening. I hope you're willing to do the same. This isn't about right or wrong or creating more separation, but really looking at these deep, deep, meaningful questions and uh, seeing what fits for you in your life. What shifts can you make? Where can you change, grow, expand? And uh, what do, where do we still have room to grow and learn? I have a lot of room for that. I don't know about you. Again, thank you for listening. Please share this if it touched you. And uh, I can't wait for our next time.